Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Hey, um, just wanted to... Don't start the clock. Pause. Ruth, I had a word. I felt like um, God is saying, and I know this, but I want to publicly say that you are a seer into the unseen. And what he's asking you to do, and what you do amazingly, especially in worship, you see things before we see things, and you see things that we need to see. And what I'm encouraging you is when you see them, bring it out into the vis so we can see what you see, because God has so much stuff for you. Keep going. I love that you prophetically lead worship the way you do, and you see things so we can go deeper in Christ, hey? So good. Manuela, I had a word for you as well. Um, I felt like that your season, that, that this, both of you as a couple, I see you both as this, um, especially Carlos, as these, these coaches at the, in this next season, God's like, okay, I've had you in this season, but in this next season, I have something different. I have something new and fresh for you. So, so let go of the past. I have a new thing for you and be ready. It's going to be better than what you ever thought was coming next season. Father, God impress on you. And Carlos, bro, you are the coach of all coaches. You know, the best players that come up is because they had a coach who believed in them and built them up and raised them, like the Jordans in the world, for all those old school people, Michael Jordans, that they, they are who they are because they had a coach who was unseen, who, who no one could tell them their name, but if it wasn't for that coach, Michael wouldn't be the man he's today. And I see that God is saying, be the coach that we need in our church to see men and women rise up, and um, it's going to be a credit to you. You're a phenomenal man. I love that you speak into my life, man, and more is to come, so... Awesome, awesome stuff. My son loves Jenga. Absolutely. Do you like Jenga? My, my kid loves Jenga. This is actually his Christmas present um, that I've had to unwrap to bring this morning because I don't have Jenga. And um, I'm lying. It's actually not Jenga because uh, we're Italian, right? So if you can find something a lot cheaper than Jenga, this is Tumbling Tower. It was $7, so... Um, don't tell my son, it's Jenga. And, and, and he loves playing Jenga. We, we, we were playing the other day, and it was really cute because his concept of Jenga is, is completely different from what the game was designed to do. He wants to build the tower as high as he can. So we're playing, and, and I'm pulling, I'm pulling, oh, this is terrible. It won't even come out. Hang on. So I'm pulling things out, and I'm going from the bottom. He's like, Daddy, don't go from the bottom. I go, why not? He goes, because it's going to fall. I'm like, dude, that's the point of the game, but that's cool. He goes, Daddy, we need to build them high and high, and I'm building, and then it's my turn, and then I'm, I'm trying to make him lose, right? But I'm the dad, so I don't want that to happen. So then I, all of a sudden, I tip that off, and it falls. He goes, oh, Daddy, it fell. And I was like, of course it fell. It's a part of the game. He goes, you don't know the rules, Daddy. I need to teach you the rules of this game. And I was like, oh, son. But you see, that it doesn't make sense. The concept of Jenga makes no sense in a kid's mind because what do they want to do with big blocks? They want to build them as high as they can go. My son is building Lego right now. I found it. It's in the corner of our doorway. And he's just stacking them. I want to see how high this sucker can go. High and high and high. And what Jenga does, it counteracts that. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to build this tower. And, and, and we're trying to build. But who knows that when you build something high, 
determining whether it falls or not is how the structure below is actually set. And so what I'm doing is I'm pulling away from the foundation of this game. And no matter what happens to, um, no matter how pretty the house might look, like there are so many houses around that they look so pretty and beautiful. My wife and I are house, uh, house hunting at the moment. And they look some great houses. But we're looking for other things. We're like, how was the building built? Actually, is the structure built well? Because no matter what the house looks like, if it's not built well, it's not lasting long. And church, do you know we are the housing of the Holy Spirit? God lives inside of you right now. It doesn't matter how pretty we may look on the outside. It doesn't matter how eloquent I speak. It doesn't matter how good I might seem to you and I. If I have not built my life really solidly foundation, one day this house will crash if I don't build strong. And this morning, I want to encourage us doesn't matter what journey we're on. We are deciding that we're going to build our lives strong so we last the distance. Amen? Thank you. You are one of the most amazing encouragers I've ever met. You, you must be positioned always in the first or second row, okay? Because you know what he does? You know what he does? He brings life. You're a life bringer everywhere you go. You bring, so continue to be what you're doing, and it's contagious. So the more you get excited and on fire for Jesus, other people may catch on fire. Just keep going. I love him. So you're only allowed to come when I preach. If I come at five, you've got to be there at five. And See, without a solid foundation, we eventually, we will fall. We live in an age of instability. There's so much instability going around. We don't know if the market's going to crash. We don't know if the properties, the prices go up and down. Our parents, they held a job for 30 or 40 years. Now we're seeing people, like my brother went through a series in one year. He had like 12 jobs in one year, like just changing and changing and changing. You know, people don't want to get, people want to get the latest things all the time. We don't have the same TV that we had 30 years ago like our parents do. We want the latest and greatest. It's, it, it, we don't want to get married to the same person because like, what if I change my mind? Next week, hashtag, it's our 13 year anniversary to this most amazing, beautiful wife. I absolutely love you so much. So with so much instability, my question to you, is how, to you and I is, how stable are we in our own walk with God? Are we moved because of the temperatures around us? Uh, like, like, does it dictate whether we fall or not? Like, if, the, if, if pressure comes our way, do we stay strong or do we fluff around and fall? And that's where we are going this morning. See, I'm not a builder. I'm the most unhandiest man you'll ever meet, Okay. I got a confession to make. My kids lived without a door handle for about six to eight months because I'd had no idea. Actually, my son was um, locked in his bedroom when we were having date night. And we were like, I don't know how to open this door handle. So I called some boys in and we've got like, we've got this hammer. We're hammering into the door. I'm kicking this door handle. It's like not coming off. I have no idea what I'm doing. And my wife comes in. She's like, honey, click. Door handle comes straight off. So most unhandiest guy ever. I fixed the door handle, by the way. It took me two times and four hours, but I did it, so it's fine. But all I know is something, is that when you build something, you want to make sure that you do everything right the first time, don't you? I, I was um, building, I don't know why I got asked to do this. I was asked to build a chicken house for my in-law's chickens. And I was like, uh-oh, okay, I can't even fix the door handle. And so they're like, hey, get the jigsaw. We need to cut this... Um, timber and I was like what's a jigsaw but let's do this and then um 
So we, we line this up straight. We line up this timber so perfectly straight. It's measured. Nick's like, it has to be straight. It has to be straight. It has to be straight. And then I get on the jigsaw because I'm the man, right? And, and um, I start, the moment that saw hit the wood, I knew I was wrong. I was like, uh-oh. And I start cutting. It cuts, it cuts, it cuts. Everything okay? I'm like, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And, and then all of a sudden, I figured, I can't fake this. I'm going to cut this timber right off a quarter of the way before it even finishes. So I had to pull the jigsaw out, and they're like, hey, it's not straight. You need to pull it straight. There's so many of us are like that, that we start our walk so strong. We get on fire for Jesus. We, we, we say the prayer, and we, we love him, and, and, we, and we started straight. But, but, but some of us are, are actually cutting our, we're walking into our lives, and it feels like that we're on an adjacent end. It, all of a sudden, if you look back, you're like, I started here, but, but I've noticed my life end up going this way. Why am I going straight? And we feel depleted. I'm not where I should be. And God is saying, it's okay. Remove that jigsaw out and actually move back a little, straighten yourself up, and start again. And that's exactly what I had to do with that wood. I had to continue taking that side against that. And then I, I gave up. My mother-in-law finished the job. <laughs> so this morning, you and I are going to have, we're going to have a self-check of our lives. Because we're building strong. You know, there's going to be a time where the Bible says that sheep and the goats are going to be separated. Man, I don't want to be a goat. I don't want to walk away I want to be so strong because I built my life correctly. So the title, if you're taking notes, it is Grounded for Life. Grounded for Life. Feel like, feel like me growing up, I was a bit naughty as a kid, a cheeky little man. I got in trouble a lot. And um, have you ever heard, you know, when you get in trouble, this is mainly, I don't know about, this is, Italians don't happen, but maybe for the other nationalities, if you get in trouble, what do you get? You get grounded. You see, I got the wooden spoon. <laughs> My mom bought the biggest wooden spoon from Sicily. This was one of those, unbra- in Sicily, they make spoons not for cooking, they make spoons for your kids, right? So, and, and whack and whack and but, but, but some of us here, I like the concept of being grounded because when you're grounded, guess what? You're grounded. You're not allowed to leave your room. You're not allowed to do anything, but you're stuck there. And I think we need to get to a place where we're stuck, where we're not going to move, that we're grounded for life. So today, as your pastor, guess what, guys? You're grounded. Let's turn to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. It says this, if you want to read. It says, Therefore, say therefore. Therefore. What does it mean when we say therefore? It means because of everything else I've just said, I'm going to say this. So what are you saying, Jesus? This is after a sermon of his mount, sermon of the mount. If you want to go to the next slide. It says this. This is before the therefore. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. See, many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And have done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Possibly the most scariest verse in the whole text. Why? Because those people don't know they're deceived. When you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. They thought they were living the way Christ has called them to live, and they weren't. So then... Therefore, go back, therefore, because of what I just said, anyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a what? Well, like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it didn't fall because it had been founded on the... And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the... And the rain fell, the floods came, and the whole winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You know, I love going to the beach, and I love taking my kids to the beach. I use my kids a lot. They're great examples. So have kids, guys. You're going to have 12 examples. And... um. We're, we're building, and this is, my son loves building sandcastles, so um, to cut a long story short, we're building this epic sandcastle. It was like, um, I'll stand up here, it was like one, two, three, and then one, two, there, like this is buckets of sand. This awesome, I'm impressed, like I'm like, this is good, like I'm really loving this. And then all of a sudden, from the corner of my eye, what seemed like a giant in the land of grasshoppers, I see my little daughter run out of nowhere. And, and you can just imagine this. She's running towards this sandcastle. My son screams out, no, Lydia. And I'm like, no. And she comes on in and she goes, smash and smash. And she smashes those sandcastles and runs away. And my son's like, oh, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. And son, we can rebuild them again. No, we can't. My, there's sand everywhere. You know what? If we build our lives on sand, doesn't matter how good it looks, there is a Lydia coming after your sandcastle who wants to smash that down. And we need to tell her, no. You have your own Lydia. You got two Lydias. So what do we do? What do we do? Number one, we need to be entrenched in truth. There's no point in being grounded in something if you're not grounded in the right thing first off, which is truth. It's the starting point of where we start. If that makes sense. But we think I'm not building on sand. Some of us don't need it, like sand is like this flaky thing. But how many of us build on something that might seem like sand? You, you see, there's a difference between sand and hard sand. I was skimming the other, with, with Judah as well. I was just skimming. And he's like, how do you do that so good? I'm like, because I'm the man. And I know how to skim. And then I picked up this rock. It looked really pretty. And, and I looked. I was like, wow, this is nice. And I applied pressure on the rock. And all of a sudden, it crumbled in my hand. And it became sand. I realized it was sand. And so many of us, I believe, we, we think we're building on absolute truth. And the truth is the word of Christ. We're building on Christ. But too many of us build our lives on what's not rock. We build our lives on the church. We build our lives on, on an experience. We build our lives on worshiping. We build our lives of anything else but rock. It seems like it's the right thing. It seems good. But when you add a bit of pressure, we start to crumble because we're not building on the correct foundation. If you're building on the church, can I say Forget it, because the only one who's building the church is Christ, and he's building it on the rock, he said. So if he's building on the rock, I will disappoint you. I will fail you. Don't build on me. Build on him, and we'll see more people not sway away and leave God because they got hurt or offended or was too hard because, hey, we're last in the distance. Amen? We don't want to end up like this Jenga or fake Jenga. Let's call it fake Jenga. We're the real Jengas. We're not going anywhere. So your house is as strong as its foundation. My question is, will you last or will it fail? See, we've each got our own foundations. You see, everyone's life has a foundation, but not all foundations are built equally. So we're going to build on some truths this morning. Is that cool? You know, we need to know truth. Can, can we just stop and say we need to know truth? There's a world out there 
that does not believe in truth. I'm, I'm currently doing my degree in theology, and I've read this book on Christian ethics. And this is and, uh, what they're saying to universities, and this is, this is what he said. He goes, there is no such thing as truth. They teach this even to the little ones. Truth is bondage. They believe, it says, believe what seems right to you. There are as many truths as there are individuals. Follow your feelings. Do as you please. Get in touch with yourself and do whatever feels comfortable. You see, that's the message that is being preached out in the world. So we need to know real truth. Jesus' way is through His truth, which leads to eternal life. So this morning, I'm just going to quickly, I want to share some truths that you need to know. The f- and, and this is just what you need to know something. You need to know is that that sin exists and sin separates you from God. You and I from God. Sin, is, is, it, it separates us. The truth is, is that there is a hell. The truth is, is that God made hell for Satan and sin. The truth is, we all deserve that. That's absolutely truth. If we don't believe that, then we, well, the Bible says, if you don't know that, if you can say you have no sin, you, you make God out to be a liar. That's the truth. The truth is that we've been separated from God. And there's nothing you can do in your own works to ever reach Him. There's nothing, if you're listening on Facebook, there's nothing you and I can do. You can't be good enough to get into heaven. I know you know this, but you need to really know it. But the truth is, is that God loved the world so much that He sent His only Son, Jesus, to die on our behalf. Why? Because He loves you. He's for you and He wants you to be with Him. He didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. That's the truth. That's a microphone dropping kind of a truth. That there is only one way to the Father, and it is through Jesus Christ. We need to know the right foundation this morning. There is not multiple ways. If people go, you know what, there's more than one. There is only one way, and it is through Jesus Christ, and that's the only way to heaven. But you need to know it. That needs to be your foundation. Why? Because when you go and evangelize and people start questioning, and you don't know the truth, why do I listen to you then? Why don't I go this way? Truth is this way. There's only one way. Amen. Thanks for the tissues. (laughs) This is the truth, Romans 10. And this is, we stop there. We stop and we're happy with that, aren't we? Good. You know, that's not the whole truth. You know, I've left some stuff out. We preach Jesus loves you, come to Jesus, he's going to give you the best life in the world. And we stop. That's not the whole truth. You want to build your life, right? Romans 10. Everyone who calls in the name of the? Say that again. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Until you believe Jesus as Lord, you can't call him as Lord. See, Lord means he's your master. He is your master. This is this this truth, it's the green pill or the red pill. You need to swallow which one takes you to the rabbit hole. You need the truth. He is your Lord. If He's not your Lord, if He's just our Savior, then 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 we never we, we we're actually not really knowing the truth. Too many people go, I'm saved by grace, and that's the end of it. Yeah, you are saved by grace, but you've also now need to walk in that grace and start obeying. He is your Lord. That's why at the end, people, I did this, I did this. I don't know you. He needs to know us as Lord. And you got Holy Spirit in you. I love that He will guide you to all truth. If you don't know it, ask Holy Spirit through His Word. He will guide you to all truth. 
See, Lord declares the position of Jesus in your life. Why Savior describes the work he's done for you and I. My question is, what, where is your position in your life? I, that song, Jesus, take the wheel. I know it's corny and us young guys go, oh. yeah, I'm young. Are you following him or is he following you? I, I'm leading my life. Jesus, come get on my back. Get in the back seat and I'll show you where I'm going. Or are we going to take the back seat and let him take the wheel? That's him being Lord. That means if he goes left, guess where you go? If you go right, guess where? You go, you, you work with me, guys. So check yourself. Are you going left and he's going right? Because if that's the case, then he's not Lord. He's just Savior. The Bible says he needs to be Lord. He's still Savior. We don't graduate from salvation. I still need you as my Savior, but you're my King at the same time. And that's the truth. You know, Savior in the Bible is found around 36 times. Lord occurs 7,800 times. Could it be that he has a different agenda to what we have? Could it be that his emphasis is not our emphasis? And we're trying to make him come on our terms? He's like, buddy, come back on my terms. Let him be Lord. See, foundation matters. We cannot start wrong and expect to finish right. And as a pastor here, I want to make sure you hear the whole truth he's the whole whole truth number two what do we do with that truth we've got to do something with it what does jesus say those who those who obey those who do those who apply those who put my words into practice are a wise man but if you hear what i say and you don't do it what are you you are a foolish you're a fool so the second thing we need to do is we need to be mobilized to action you can't just know truth you can't just know something. You need to be mobilized into action. You need to go out and do something. You need to actually put it into place. That is a wise man. This establishes our foundation. In Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There's two types of fear. Can you say two? The first type is the fear where if you see a huntsman in your car, you want to torch that thing and run like ting. That, that's the first kind of fear, right? Where it just, I hate spiders and I'm just, I'm afraid of spiders. So one day um, there was a spider in my car and it took me two hours to try and get rid of it. I didn't even know if it left and um, I just hate spiders. There's that kind of fear, right? But then there's a different kind of fear. So when it says the fear of the Lord, it's not like you see God in your review mirror and you try and spray him with deodorant, whatever. It's, it's. It's this, that's what I did to try and get rid of the spider. I had deodorant. I didn't think else. It died. It wasn't there. I couldn't see it. This reverential fear of God. You know, you know what it is? It's this, ah. Oh. Can you say it with me? Ah. Oh. It's like that word, awesome. But you know what we do? We bring that word down and describe our iPad as, awesome and, and we belittle the allness of god because we relate it to a material object yeah, that's great but it's not all inspiring and when we belittle and it's like oh there's no reverential fear and you will not obey someone that you do not fear and that's why it's important when he's just a nobody he's just the big guy one day and he's you won't obey in action. Does that make sense? So we need to see him as this awe-inspiring. 
And to fear God. Can I what it, it's not to be afraid of God. Don't be afraid of Him this morning. To fear God is to be is to love Him so much that you're afraid not to be with Him. That that's the kind of fear I that I love you so much. Don't leave me. Like King David committed adultery and murder. And what did he say? God, do not depart from me. Do not leave me. That's the kind of fear we need. Not afraid of Him. We're afraid of being without Him. And that calls us to action. The fear of the Lord in the end can be identified as one thing, obedience. Why? I will do anything for you. That's how I build. And I'm not talking about whether you come to church and serve. I'm, not, I'm just saying, like, whatever the Word says, we obey. Amen? In Isaiah 119, I lost it again really quick. Isaiah, we're talking about fighting our battles this morning. Yeah, this is how we fight our battles. What was the first part of the song? It talks about God prepares a place, a table in the presence of your enemy. There's this banquet that God's taken you to. And in Isaiah 119, because if you are willing, say willing, and obedient. Okay, stop there. You will eat the good things of this land. If you are willing and you're obedient, there is a banquet before you. All the blessings in heaven and earth, all the spiritual blessings are yours to take if you're willing and obedient. I'm stressing this point so hard because there's so many Christians who play the grace card who aren't obedient enough for Him. I just got to obey then I will receive. But I don't do it to receive. I do it because I love Him. We've got to check our motives in this. Because if our motives are anything less than actually obeying because I want to, forget it. You know when someone says, hey, I'm going to do something for you, but there's a hidden motive and hidden agenda at stake? I would rather you not do that for me. Oh, I'm going to love you, God, because I get this out of it. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. We are serving because we love Him. Yeah, there's a lot of um, units going up, as if you don't know. If you live in Sydney, there's units going up everywhere. But, you know, have you noticed that you always see, before anything goes up, you see, like, this hole, and you see this huge fence around it. And you can't, and it's like, it's like they're forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It's happening outside my son's school. It's a huge hole. But the mo- you know what they're doing, right? For those of you who don't know, they're laying foundations down, right? It's in the unseen is where your foundations are laid. It's when no one sees what you're doing. When God asks of the little, when no one sees, that's your foundation being put bit by bit by bit. This is all falling apart by bit by bit. But it's when no one's looking. And then what happens? You drive past that place again, and the the, the unit's already gone up. When did that happen? Because it happens quick. The moment you lay your foundation correctly in your secret place, when the door is closed, that's when God goes, now I'm going to show you off in front of the world to see, because you've done right in the unseen. Amen? Foundation happens when no one's looking. The third point is, put these things in place. Step one was, part one was, you're entrenched in truth, point one. The second is you're mobilized to action. You know the truth. What are you going to do with that truth? Start to build correctly. Put it into practice, right? You know what happens from that? The best thing happens is you're ruled by peace. You're ruled by peace. It's the fruits of your strong foundation. I, I, I love Leo. If you're watching in India, we love you. Come back home safe now. Um, 
I love him, but I have this love-hate relationship with him. You know. And, um, and this is why. Because I've never, ever seen him worry. Ever. Ever. He has never been stressed. The ten, okay, show of hands. Has, he ever seen, has anyone seen him ever stressed or worried? Not one. He's just like walking around. We've got a $1,000, $100,000 bill to pay. It's all good. I got this. God's got this. It's like, this happened. I'm good. I'm good. I've got this. I've got this. It's good. God's got this. I've never seen him stressed. It would have drove me nuts. I don't know how you did that for like so many years. I'm like, what is your secret, man? What do you know that I don't know? You know what? It is a fruit of a strong foundation that he has in Christ, that he knows no matter what. Jesus says, peace I give you. Not the peace that the world gives you, but the peace I gives you. And this peace I gives you, it surpasses all understanding, all human. You know what that means? Is no human man can ever conjure up this peace that I give you. And it comes when your foundation is so built in me that you can have storms hitting, you can have bills rising up, you can have issues, and it looks like you should be crumbling. But the difference is, is you're standing still, the winds are swaying and stuff, and you're not shaken by it. Amen. You can give him a hand for that one. Because I want, to, as a, I want our church to be so solid that we don't walk away when, the, when that pressure hits that stone. We don't crumble. We get skimmed by God across the water and go out to do what he's asked us to do. The last thing I want is to God to pick me up as a rock, put pressure on me, tries to skim me over the water into where he's got me and I crumble in the journey. Don't crumble in the way, in the journey. Be strong. See, the world gives you peace. The peace offered by this world is an empty promise and can only bring you temporary comfort. They're handouts. Guess what happens to handouts? They run out eventually, don't they? There's no such thing. And when we build our lives on experiences, we build our lives on the church. I love the church. I'm part, we are the church. But when we build on the wrong things, crumbles. And the best thing is, is that, say today, louder. You and I can have an opportunity to start again and rebuild strong. You know that, hey, which is the best thing about God. I want to close with this. If you guys can come up, band. And can you do that song that we ended on? That'd be great. I'm telling you guys what to do now. This is how I fight my battles. Love that song. Jesus on the sleep on the boat. Does he know who he is? He knows his identity. He's asleep. He's asleep on the boat. He's built his life on the right foundation. You know what's insane? is that the, the, the disciples being with Jesus for so many years still did not get it right, right? They were with him. You can be in church and still not build right. But the, you're amazing, Rachel. Thank you so much. And Josiah. Jesus was asleep. The boat was rocking hard. If you've ever been on a boat that's been rocking hard, my wife and I went on a cruise, and there's one point the ship went like this. Wee, 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 wee. And we're all there going... Feels like I'm drunk, but I'm not drunk. <laughs> like Jesus would have known. Jesus would have known that the boat was rocking. He's asleep. He didn't care. The storms were hitting him, and he didn't care. He had this peace that was so strong. He just didn't. He 
He only woke up because of the disciples. I bet if they didn't wake up, he would have been like, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with that. Because I'm just so firm on him. This is how we fight our battles. Knowing that you stole my verse, that armies might surround you. But because I'm not swayed of what's happening because I've built well, I know that God has surrounded me. You see, the three little piggies have taught us a lesson. Build your house on straws. The big bad wolf is going to huff, he's going to puff, and he's going to blow your house down. Hey, if you build your life on, what, what else did you build it on? Sticks? If you build it on sticks, it sounds good, it looks good, it keeps the roof on, right? The big bad wolf's going to huff and he's puffing and he's going to blow the house down. But church, we build on bricks, which is kind of like rock. I'm going to say if we build our lives on rock, the big bad wolf, guess what he's going to do, church? He's going to huff and he's going to puff and he's going to huff and he's going to puff until he can't puff no more. And your house is not going to fall because you've built well. So when the huffing and the puffing come, let him huff and let him puff. But not only because we've built strong. If we're built on sticks and you hear a huffing and a puffing, that's when you should be panicking. But what did they do? The two little piggies. I'm using a little piggies illustration for my sermon. Who would have thought? They ran into the house that was strong. If your house is blown, we're a family. Come into our house until you build again. Amen? Because there's always second chances. Why don't we stand and worship him? Father, why don't you just stretch out your hands, if you will. Ah, The devil acts like a lion. And the Bible says the devil prowls like a lion. He's actually not a lion. He's trying to be something he's not because... King Jesus, he's the lion and the lamb. So the devil is not a lion, but he prowls like a lion. He's trying to intimidate, but you know what? He's just a cat, and they're not intimidating at all. They might growl at you and bark at you, and well, they don't bark. (laughs) Whatever. Hey, focus. Just close your eyes. There's a huffing and a puffing going on. You might be in a storm now. It's like the gale force wings of Wednesday is taking place right in your life. You know what I loved about that storm? It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse by 3 o'clock. All hell's breaking loose in Sydney at 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, I was walking up the street with no umbrella. The devil tries to intimidate. He tries to throw you off course. It starts to blow The only thing we need blowing in our lives is His Spirit. And He's blowing right through this place this morning. So why don't you receive it right now? He loves you so much that He moved heaven and earth to get to you. Why do we speak about strong foundations? It's because God does not want anyone to perish He wants all to be saved. He loves you so much. Jesus says, hey, when don't 
trials may come, tribulation may come, but do not fear, for I have overcome the world. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our rock. You are our fortress. You are our protector. You are the thing that you are the person that we can stand on. God in our corner backing us up. And we want to build right. So right now, if that spoke to you, why don't you put your hand up and just ask him, Father, you don't have to repeat, just, just, just ask him in your own words, Father, just come right now and just re, realign whatever needs to be realigned in our lives so we can get back on track to you, with you, Father. Show us, even if it's an inch, What are we building on? Help us build on your word and live this thing out right till the very end of time. Amen, amen, amen. Keep your head down and eyes closed. We're going to sing in a second, but before we do, every eye closed. If you don't know the rock, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never actually said, and, and, and I don't mean like, yeah, I've prayed a prayer. Maybe you have and maybe you haven't. If he's not your Lord and your master this morning, if he's not ruling your life, then someone else is. If he's not, let this morning be a turning point where he becomes the driver's seat of your life. So if every head bowed and eye closed, if you can't say to me, Sal, he's, he's my Lord, and you want him to be, those who call upon the Lord shall be saved. If you don't, if that's not, if that's you, while no one's looking around, it's between you and God. Don't let a moment pass you by. Bible says you just need to confess that, believe in your heart, then call out to Him as Lord, and you'll be saved. So if you have never done that this morning, maybe you did, but He's not your Lord. With no one looking, why don't you put your hand up right now and say yes to Him? I need Him as Lord in my life. And I can pray for you where you're seated. This is just you acknowledging, just hands straight up. I need him in my life. I don't have him. He's not my Lord. Is there anyone in this room that's going to wait? Now I'll just pray for you where you're seated. Just shoot your hand right up. So good. Why don't you repeat this prayer? Jesus, you died for me. And I say thank you. And I'm going to live the rest of my life serving you, following you. And I turn from my old ways because today I am a Christ follower. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I repent from my old ways and I follow you all the days of my life. Amen, 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 amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.